Troops made an opposed air mobile assault into a small clearing near the abandoned village of Swoy Tre in Central War Zone C, Republic of Vietnam. Their mission was to establish a fire support base at that location to support further offensive operations. The fire support base was codenamed Gold. Unbeknownst to them, this area was a major staging area for the 274 VC Regiment. At dawn, two days later, the 450 defenders of Gold were attacked by an estimated 2,500 VC soldiers. This is one soldier's story. Operation Junction City Phase 2 By Michael D. Doolittle The main units involved were A and B companies of the 3rd Battalion 22nd Infantry of the 3rd Brigade of the 4th ID attached to the 25th ID, together with the 2nd Battalion 77th Field Artillery at Fire Support Base Gold in War Zone C. I was assigned to A Company, 3rd Battalion, 22nd Infantry Regiment of the 3rd Brigade, 4th Infantry Division at Camp Rainier, Dao Tiang Vietnam since January 1967, and have participated in many small operations, ambush patrols, search and destroy, helicopter assaults during my first few months of assignment to a company. The brigade should have known they were in for a fight when the units first arrived and received a warm reception at LZ Gold. Within a few short days, the VC were not happy we set up shop right in the middle of their staging area. By March 21st, the VC, 2,500 strong, thought they could overrun the small force guarding FSB Gold. The battleground was Ni of Nui Ba Den, near an abandoned village east of the Swoy Summit stream, some maps show Mei Tao steam. Battle involved the A322, B322, 277 Arty, 234, 222 and 212. Over 647 VC confirmed Kia in the largest battle ever in Vietnam. US losses were 31 Kias and 187 Yas. Hash. March 19, 1967, our battalion minus C company deployed from Dao Tiang by fixed wing air transport to a staging area near Sui to Vietnam. This was the beginning of Operation Junction City 2 in preparation for our units to assault into landing zone gold. We were not alerted to the possibility of it being a hot LZ or that enemy resistance was expected. The flight time to the LZ was short, I was on the fifth chopper sitting on the floor with my feet on the skids, in a flight of 10 aircraft, and as we approached the LZ it was obviously a very hot landing. The chopper to my front was hit and exploded mid-landing about 25 feet in the air, the blast and concussion blew me out of the chopper some 10 to 15 feet up. I hit the ground hard, my rucksack over my head and helmet blown off, rifle in the dirt and hit my head on something hard. The enemy snipers were firing from the nearby tree line, leaving no time to gather myself or assess my injuries or pain, fear and adrenaline raging, confusion and reaction firing my weapon into the tree line suppressing any enemy fire if that were possible. The flights of choppers continued coming in, three of the down choppers were burning, bodies and parts from the explosion were everywhere. The morning wore on and the enemy action reduced and ended, but the day was far from over. I was detailed to take my weapons platoon and assist in picking up our dead and gather the body part of those in the choppers blown up. I was stunned and still somewhat dazed, from the hard fall, sore knee, stiff neck, and a crease in my skull still there today 52 plus years later. The bodies were difficult to gather, one was a soldier torn in half, the skin of the upper torso yellowed like a neoprene rubber, the lower half still with his pants and boots on sickened me. My first real introduction to the horrors of war. The remainder of that day was spent digging positions, just trying to get past the events of that day. My mind still numb, a headache clouded my physical work, my neck was stiff and wearing my steel helmet added to the discomfort. Yet this was what my life was to be for the remainder of the year that was not yet three months old, and it was the beginning of Holy Week with death and carnage. The thoughts going through my mind caused more numbing feelings, wishing this was the worst of what I would have to endure. 
The next day was Monday the 20th of March, even though it started before daylight began, it was quiet as though the calm before the storm. But this day was busy but one that was just physical labor digging in to improve our hasty positions, a hard physical exercise of digging in hard earth reminded me of my childhood building forts and playing in the woods where I lived on a farm during my childhood. Sui Trey, Battle of FSB Gold. By Combat Artist James Davis Nelson. Tuesday, March 21, 1967, was a day that I wish had never come, and it also began before daybreak, mortars, rockets, machine guns, explosions and chaos everywhere. A mortar round exploded just next to my position, had it not been worked on it the day before I would have surely died that moment. But now it was raining mortars, hard to even think it was so intense, hundreds of them exploding all around, the enemy inside the perimeter everywhere, front and back there was nowhere to go but fight for your life. The intensity never subsided, ours of intense hand-to-hand fighting, hard to tell where our men were and who was who. As the hours wore on and our ammunition was extremely low, I was left with my bayonet on my rifle and two hand grenades, not knowing what to do or how I was to survive. From the chaos I heard a loud command and looking behind me to where the closest 105 howitzer position was, I was being ordered to come to that position. I crawled over hearing bullets pinging off the gun, and was ordered to assist in preparing rounds for the gun now being operated by Lt. Paul Vesey the 2nd Battalion 77th Artillery Commander. As I began opening the canister sitting behind the gun, I looked down the side of the gun chassis, I saw a mass of attacking enemy soldiers in the hundreds, way too many for us to survive this assault. I remember being so scared that I could not look up again for fear of seeing my own death. I just focused on opening these canisters, explosions all around, 105 ammo piles on fire exploding nearby. As Lieutenant Colonel Vesey fired these rounds, I did not know what a beehive round was, maybe four or five, I was surprised that now a few minutes later that I was still alive. The tension that was in the attitude of Lieutenant Colonel Vesey just a few minutes ago was gone and they seemed to be elated, as I got up off the ground from behind the gun, I saw the enemy fleeing into the tree line. The sound of heavy engines and machine guns permeated the air but different than before, it took a few moments to realize that the cavalry had arrived guns blasting away and there were very few incoming bullets and no more pings against the 105 howitzer. As I stood up and took notice of my surrounding the carnage of those four or five beehives struck me like a club on my head. A mass of shredded bodies littered the ground in front of this gun position, bodies were nailed to trees nearby, my thought and emotions were assaulted by horror and relief. How could I have been part of this inhumanity, is one of the most prolonged and lingering emotions of my life. Within the next few hours, it seemed like every general from Saigon descended upon fire support base gold. General Westmoreland and ten other stars in spit and polish uniforms were basking in the glory of victory, parading with their pearl-handled revolvers, handing out medals like candy bars. The head chaplain colonel? Came over to my assembled unit to say a prayer, telling us that our men died doing God's work, that God was on our side, and a journalist, photographer took a picture of us. March 21, 1967, Newspapers of America had us on the front page, exclaiming our heroism and our unprecedented victory, the single largest enemy loss of the war for the enemy. But to us these past two days we lost 57 of our best, 287 wounded, and the unseen wounds of this battle will last me a lifetime, forever this day has been a visual real-life replay, never-ending closed-loop replay. The next few hours the euphoria of the unit was overwhelming, the day is a blur, Not sure if the generals were there before or after we collected the bodies and parts of the enemy. The newspaper article said there were 423 bodies, but that was in the first few hours, as the mass grave that was dug had over 647 bodies and parts in it, looking like a scene from newsreels of the World War II Holocaust. My inner humanity suffered a huge tear in the fabric of what I have always believed, 
Thou shall not kill to me even a small animal being killed was offensive, and here I am looking into a hole in the ground with 647 bodies that we killed. Yes, the reality is nearly certain that if we had not killed those enemy soldiers in front of that 105, that most of the remaining 380 of our unit may have died. Even so, that does not reduce the feelings of guilt that I feel. This was the early beginning of my time in the war in Vietnam, it never got this bad again, but there were many more battles, assaults, deaths of my comrades, many more wounded, many sleepless nights before my time in Vietnam ended on July 18, 1968. Michael Doolittle is the current chairman, Hawaii County Veterans Advisory Committee and chairman, Hawaii Island Veterans Memorial Incorporated. He was introduced to Charlie Brewer SR late in 2018 via email, Charlie had been trying to enlist any veteran of this battle to travel with him to the battlefield where James died. He offered to pay their entire costs, all travel expenses, hotels, meals, etc. No one would accompany him, and when we were introduced I was impressed with his reverence for his brother, his dedication to James's memory. He offered me this trip with all expenses paid, but I refused his offer and told him that I would meet him in Saigon and would be his guide to the battlefield with whatever I could remember, from that day 52 years ago. We have since become adopted brothers, as his desire to honor his brother honors all of us. On March 21, 2019, I journeyed back to this battlefield with Charlie Brewer whose brother James Dale Brewer died in the battle and joined up with a retired NVA Colonel Ha who was wounded in this battle. The artillery commander that day was LTC John Vesey, who was later chairman of the JCS and chairman of the POW MIA Commission. Charlie and I discussing the battle and where it all happened. Evening dinner with Ms. Thu Hong of Hanoi, Colonel Mai Xuan Chen of the Saigon Military District retired, myself and Mr. Ha, and Mr. Charlie Brewer SR with Ms. Carol Brewer. Charlie Ha and I, on the battlefield on March 20, 2019, the eve of the battle 52 years ago. Colonel Ha and I on the battlefield the small pagoda monument was where 420 bodies were recovered in 1984, that site is where we buried 647 bodies in the first grave, and 234 in another grave a few days later as additional bodies were found in the nearby jungle. Colonel Ha and I had dinner together. Thank you, brother, for sharing your story with us. Thank you, too, for your sacrifice and service. Welcome home. Dash. Thank you for taking the time to read this. Should you have a question or comment about this article, then scroll down to the comment section below to leave your response. If you want to learn more about the Vietnam War and its warriors, then subscribe to this blog and get notified by email or your feed reader every time a new story, picture, video or changes occur on this website. The button is located at the top right of this page. I've also created a poll to help identify my website audience. Before leaving, can you please click here and choose the one item best describing you? Thank you in advance.